This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. Do, do you know, sometimes I think I don't know very much. <laughs> I was thinking about when I'm most confident that I'm understanding my alpacas and realizing that I'm probably not right <laughs> in my conclusion, that there are times when I think I know what's going on. I think I understand what's happening. Um, hmm. Often there's something deeper happening, which I haven't quite picked up on. So there's an obvious connection between them twitching about a plastic bag blowing in the wind and coming near them. And they're trying to work out what on earth is this thing? Is it a threat? And this morning they were, they were twitchy, <laughs> seriously twitchy. Well, it was seriously windy. Is it the wind? No. Okay. Winds from a different direction. Perhaps it's coming from a different direction. That's what's causing the problem. No. So we're getting alarm cries. We're getting uh, all of them staring in a particular direction. Some of them were in one field and had kind of danced up the field slightly and were staring back into a place. And the others were over by the hay feeder staring back to this other place. So different groups, different places, both looking in the same direction. Okay, this helps me narrow down what's going on. So I went and had a look. No, couldn't see anything. Nothing obvious. But there was a definite alarm cry, but it was a kind of a, it wasn't a panic, panic kind of alarm cry. It was a, oh, what's that? I'm not sure I'm happy. And it was a definite alarm cry, but it wasn't the usual suspect. So it was a different voice. And I was trying to work out who it was that was making the noise and why. I would regularly try and get on the same line as their line of sight to see if I can see what it is that they're seeing, what it is they're focusing on. And could it be the geese? There's some geese there. There were some geese. That, they were chasing each other a bit and they were in a slightly different place. Maybe they were, that's what it was. Maybe it was, it wasn't that. Maybe it was a stranger with a dog. Yeah, no. <laughs> there wasn't enough reaction for it to be that. And also they were looking in the wrong direction. So they're looking towards the where the water comes out of the lake and goes down into the, the, the old tunnel, the old reservoir tunnel. And what could it be? Maybe it's a hedgehog. Occasionally they get <laughs> freaked out by a hedgehog. Nope, it wasn't a hedgehog. Um, running out of options. Maybe it's an otter. Okay, we're getting more exotic now. We're thinking it could be an otter. Really? It could have been a beaver. No, we don't have any beavers at all near here. So it definitely wasn't a beaver. Oh, but no, 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 no. So I'm going through all these options and trying to work out. And none of the answers that I was coming up with were correct. None of them. <laughs> I was correct in identifying that there was something. There was something that they were reacting to. There was something that they were responding to. They considered enough of a threat for the alarm cry. And there you go. That was important. And, hmm, things calmed down. Things appeared to go back to normal. Then I heard the alarm cry again, and I could see they're again 
two groups, one in either field, both pointing their heads in the same direction to somewhere between them. And I couldn't work out what it was. So I'd just been delivered a beautiful, tasty, fresh ground coffee, courtesy of my wife, Sue. And I didn't, I was going to get cold. I couldn't take it. Can I take it out? What about, oh, it's in a nice mug. So I ended up, I, I got out the, what do you would, what would you would call it? It's a flask. We call it a flask. I don't know whether they call them flasks anymore. And I'm not sure they call them flasks uh, where you live, but it was insulated. It's a container, which you can put your hot drink in and it stays hot. So I thought, okay, I'll pour it in there. So I did and took it out with me so I could spend a bit of time outside working out what was happening. Ooh, that's a wind from the north. Uh, it's due to change direction a bit later today and it'll come from the east. Is that any better? Often that's not better. That's pretty cold as well. But on this occasion, it's, think, <laughs> going to bring some warm air. I'm, I'm not going to sit around too much because it's cold but I am going to go exploring. So I walked down carefully and think, ah, there is the answer. As I went down and got the angle right, so I could see into the, down by the, the hay store, I think a little pathway, a little passageway between the hay store and the, the stable. There it was. And it was a cat. <laughs> you think they'd never seen a cat before? Well, they have, but not recently. We don't tend to have cats around now. Just occasionally we get this visitor and we haven't seen this one before. This is a new one. So it was a very dark black cat, mainly with a bit of white. And the alpacas got a bit twitchy because of this, because of the cat. And it was the unknown. It was the, oh, oh, what's that? Is it something we need to, to worry about? And they just weren't quite sure. And that's what they were responding to. So I was correct in that I identified there was something I was incorrect in identifying it as this, 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 etc. Bottom of my list was a cat. I hadn't got there on my on my options of what the explanation was. So when we observe things with the alpacas, sometimes we're seeing something and we we have an explanation, we have an interpretation of what's happening, what the what the trigger was, what the response was, and why. And sometimes we're not right. <laughs> Which is where I go back to, you know, there are things that I think about my alpacas that are wrong. Trouble is, I don't know. So all of these things we need to hold a little bit lightly. We're not alpacas. And even if we were, we might behave differently. Have you noticed that you behave differently to other people? That they respond differently to the way you would or do? And they think differently? And they have different preferences? All of that's true for alpacas as well. So have an understanding of the principles. The important thing, I think, is to notice. Noticing things is a really, really important skill because it's the first step. It requires you then to be curious, to be able to live with the tension of not knowing, live with the tension of something not quite normal something not quite, the behavior is slightly different. Do I need to worry? Do I need to think there's a major problem? The major problems you're going to pick up on. You're going to see what it is. You know, they're dancing in a particular way. I had one of them stamping a foot yesterday. What was that about? Well, they just walked through some wet mud, which had squeezed up between their toes. Can you imagine that? Can you, can you, 
Have you done that? Have you been in a, well, I'm not sure where you would have been, in a, in a lake or a pond or a, on the edge of somewhere and, and you, you stand in the mud and it squeezes up between your toes. You have to have your shoes off for this course for it to work properly. You know how interesting that can be as a sensation. It can be nice, but it can be very strange. And the alpacas thought, oh, what is that? And she was stamping her foot trying to get this sensation away. And uh, yeah, that is what happens. There's a thing, there's a reaction. We interpret and conclude what's going on. and Sometimes we're not right. So observe is great, notice is important, and hold back on the jumping to conclusions. But do find a way of parking it somewhere. Have you got a place in your brain? It might be a place in your phone. Maybe you've got a little note-taking app. Oh, so-and-so was stamping their foot. Let's check that later. Just make sure there isn't any little... Because you get a little sometimes between the toes, you know, because they've got a pad and then the two toes. And between the toes... There's a lovely fold of skin and it can get wet and and, and, and and horrible in there. Sometimes it's really smelly. Sometimes it's a, an infection it's because of an injury. So you've actually got an abscess. Um, sometimes it's just wet skin that's got a bit unhealthy. <laughs> it smells disgusting. Sometimes it's a fungal kind of infection that's kind of set up there. And again... They're all things that we need to notice, the behavior, and then be curious about what it means, what's the explanation for that, and is there something that we need to step in and, and help with? And that is uh, an ongoing journey. There's there's things that I'm absolutely convinced about, <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong about, and I need to be prepared to hold it lightly enough. As I said, the urgent big stuff. Oh, they keep keep coming back with bits of bramble on them. They're obviously reaching in further into the dead stuff, and it gets picked up on this amazing fleece. Particularly the youngers, yeah, younger ones who've got softer and longer fleece than than the old ones. So we've we've managed without coats for a while, and that's been good. And now I can't spot where Hermione is. Hermione is such a sweetie, but she does tend to kind of she just keep her distance slightly and stand and watch me. And they all get a bit twitchy whenever. I, I brought the old, the coats, not the old coats, but the coats that, that had been used. I left them around in the stable for a while, just in case I needed to put them on again. And I brought them away today and they were all, ooh, ooh quick, he's, he's got coats in his hand. So they all moved away from me, very, very concerned about what might be in my hand. And uh, we'll get them washed up and ready. Uh, and I found that actually what I what I tend to do is we do wash them. It's got a plastic um, waterproof outer. It's got the insulation and then it's got an internal soft sort of cotton uh, side, which obviously goes up against the skin. So it's keeping them dry, keeping them warm, stops the wind, and uh, works really well. But over time, if you've got, particularly if they've been on for a while, then it takes on the smell of the animal. And if you're then going to put that on a different one, mm. particularly concerning if you do that when you've got youngsters, when you've got Korea that needs a coat on when they're born, and the weather's a bit iffy, a bit wet, a bit windy, whatever it is, and they're just not, they're sitting waiting for milk. And in between times, they can get really chilled. So yeah, uh, I always wash the, the coat and then put a little bit of fabric conditioner, bit of conditioner for for what? Well, it, it doesn't need to make it softer. <laughs> That's not what it's for. The conditioner is actually to just give it a little bit of a different kind of smell. So it masks any smell of the whoever had had the coat on previously. If you've got different coats, 
different colors, then you can, you can kind of, if you're going to wash and then put it back on the same animal, you know where it came from. But the little ones, the creas, ah, oh, they grow so quickly. The, you put a, a newborn kind of size coat, which otherwise is far too big. Uh, you put one of those on and within, well, it seems like days, but it's probably three or four days, maybe a little bit longer. The coat's too small for them. They grow, seem to grow so quickly. So uh, the chance of you putting the same coat on the same animal is less <laughs> because because they grow so quickly. So having a range of coats, different sizes, and being able to wash them and clean them, obviously, but also uh, change the smell in case it doesn't go back on the same animal. Because the mum is really going to be concerned about the smell of her. She checks when the when the youngster comes in to feed, she checks the smell top of the head and the tail. So top of the head as they approach, is this my baby? And then allows them to go under and feed. And then she sniffs the tail and she's, and it's all reinforcing and it's just kind of confirming that she's feeding the right one. Sometimes they don't quite get it right, but usually they they understand what's going on. It's usually the, the career has been a bit sneaky, <laughs> comes in from the other side when the mum's not looking and uh, suddenly discovers that she's feeding the wrong baby. Yeah. So it smells really important, uh, particularly on the head and on the tail. If you're thinking about using something for flies, we haven't quite got there, but we're almost there. And if we get some warm weather, potentially we're going to get some some flies when they've got a lot of fleece on them here in the UK, uh, pre-shearing. So potential for fly strike is there, just to be aware of that. Keep your eyes out. Look out for those. Uh, it's usually the little green, they're kind of not as big as a blue bottle, but they're green bottles. Um, they tend to be the ones that that cause the problems, and uh, yeah. So keep 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 your eye out for those. But if you're going to use anything to keep things off, keep the, the flies away, any fly repellent, be careful for crea. Be very careful about putting it on the head uh, or the tail, which is going to mask the smell. Um, you might want some. We use some. We've got a spray. For the body, but but for the youngsters, we tend to use some. You can get some uh, gel, I suppose it is, rather than cream, but it's in a jelly form, um, and you can just put a little bit of that on on your fingers, and then just get that down around the, um, not the top of the head, but round the eye, a bit, and and perhaps down on the nose a bit. Uh, don't get it too nose. It's gonna. It's got a quite strong smell, so it keeps the flies away, but it it's gonna freak the little ones out. I'm going to distract the mother, but sometimes you want to keep the flies off because the little ones, when they're first born, are not as active and can be, uh, well, it's, they're just, you know, the flies get attracted by the 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 fluids and the uh, the membrane and the, all kinds of stuff that's around. So they're just watching behavior, understanding it, uh, hold the noticing is really important, hold the conclusion slightly more lightly. And uh, I sometimes I've noticed the, the things. I, I've got some stories. I was going to tell you these stories, but I'm not sure. I'll say them for another time. Um, but there's the missing mum. I found the baby, didn't find the mum. And there was the missing baby. So <laughs> there was behavior which was strange. And it was the mum that I was watching and going, oh, this is interesting. What's going on here? And then uh, it was the baby that had dropped off the path. And those kind of things, it's it's important to stay curious till you find out what is going on. And 
Yeah. So that is where we are. We've got more growth. We've got more grass. There's some, some serious grazing going on with the girls, which is great. So just holding a little bit of the food back. She, they don't need quite as much of the of the food. And that's that's important just to keep that balanced. Is it an exact science? No. Is it, you know, don't just give them extra because you think you feel sorry for them. <laughs> you can give them extra, but there needs to be a reason and so some men may need feeding up a bit. Some may need a little bit extra or the all meat may need a little bit of extra because of the cold weather. So that's worth thinking about. Uh, but you don't have to go overboard on that. Yeah. And just, just try and balance that. How quickly are they clearing the food? How quickly are they, um, wandering off? You know, they, sometimes you don't see the food cleared, but you, you see them wandering away from the troughs. Um, and sometimes they're leaving a bit behind, which I discovered the other day. So that's useful information, which can affect what you do and how much hard food that you give them, how much uh, pelleted food you give them. And uh, yeah, keep an eye on them. If you can, particularly with the full fleece, put your hand on them now and again, just to make sure body score is doing all right. So that's just up from the, so in line with the hip, about a hand's width in front on the back, and you're checking to see. And they, they tend to run a bit, under so don't worry that you can you can feel the, the the spine and as they get a bit older further up over the the the, the front shoulders um the spine becomes much more of a of a ridge it's much more obvious uh be aware of that but don't panic that is much more noticeable in the older ones but get an overall feel from there up onto the back check the ribs as well if you can feel the ribs really clearly then maybe they're a on the underside and maybe you need to uh, improve things a little bit with a bit of extra food. Don't over overdo that. But And for me, that would be dried peas. That's the thing I would tend to give as the extra. You can give them a bit extra of the normal, but, but actually, yeah, the dried peas, A, they like them, um, and B, they actually help because the, the protein then, and then helps build them up a bit. And uh, but you don't want fat alpacas. You don't want overweight alpacas. As I say, they tend to run a bit thing. So learn learn what that feel is that says this is normal. This is a bit under. This is a bit over. Um, and then you can register that. Oh, and record that. Do put it somewhere. <laughs> Keep your records and make a little note in your head. But get it onto paper or get it into something on your phone or whatever you've got around with you, so that you've got a record that you can go back to and say, oh yeah, last week or last month or last time she was pregnant, these were the things I was seeing and noticing. And I'm seeing that again, this probably fits that pattern or this is out of keeping with that pattern. So do your noticing and hold back on the conclusions. You can make conclusions, just don't hold them so tight and don't jump to conclusions. There you go. Hopefully that's a bit helpful. Um, what's been going on? Yeah, <laughs> this jolly old cat. I'm sure it hasn't gone yet. It's disappeared into the hay store and hidden itself from me. So I'm not quite sure whose it is or where it's from and whether it's going to stay around. But we shall keep an eye out and watch the behaviour of my alpacas to see. If you can, go spend some time with your alpacas and enjoy. Take care. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, a 
and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.